G'day you mob and welcome to Aussie English. I am your host Pete and my objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to sound like a fair income Aussie or you just want to understand what the flipping hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. Let's go. Hey, you mob. How's it going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, guys, I hope you've been having a really good weekend. What have I been up to this week? Recently, I had my daughter at home. So, she normally goes to my parents' place on a Tuesday. I think I mentioned to you guys, my dad's going in for heart surgery probably around the time that you're hearing this episode. So, wish him luck. But um, as a result, they're kind of isolating themselves from the kids just to avoid getting any kind of illnesses, you know, viruses, diseases from daycare. So, anyway, on Tuesday, I got to hang out with my daughter and one of the cool things that we got to do was go down to the beach and we just sat there picking up shells. So, she was sort of sifting through the sand looking for all kinds of different shells and ended up bringing back like a hundred of them that she shoved in her bag and then- um. Yeah, it was really chuffed when we got home. She was playing with them all day. And then when Noah got home from daycare, my son, uh, she was showing him all these different shells. And yeah, it's just really fun hanging out with kids and kind of seeing all these things you take for granted that you wouldn't even really notice, right? You go to the beach and there's some shells on the sand and you're kind of like, meh, I'm an adult. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Whereas all this stuff tends to be new with kids. And so, it's so much fun hanging out with them and just sort of paying attention to what they find interesting and fascinating and, and what they get really excited about. Because quite often, you kind of get to see it again and be like, yeah, these things are pretty cool, you know? So, Joey was showing me all these different shells she'd found and, oh, this one's the mama one, this one's the baby one, and this one's the brown one. So, that was a lot of fun. So, before we get into today's content, guys, don't forget if you want the transcripts for these episodes so that you can read and listen at the same time. You want the bonus episodes, you want to be able to access the premium podcast player to read and listen whilst you watch the text scroll on the webpage. Be sure to sign up for the premium podcast membership. You can get that at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. So, now let's get into today's question. Today's question comes from Rayhane 8 who asks, what does it mean when you ask someone something like, do you want more? And they say, I'll pass. So, that's something we often say, I'll pass or just pass. Yeah, no, I'll pass. I'm good. I'll pass. So, this is cool. So, we're using the verb to pass here to mean forego one's turn in a game or when you're offered an opportunity to do something or to have something. Okay. So, We could use this as a phrasal verb like to pass on something and the idea here would be someone's offered you something and you're like, I'm going to pass on this thing. I'm going to give it a miss. I don't want this thing. Thank you very much, but um, I'm not going to have this thing. You know, I'm going to pass on this thing. I'm going to give this thing a pass. I'm going to pass. Okay. So, that's how we're using pass there. And yeah, so, I don't know, some examples. Imagine you're at a tea party with some mates, right? With some girls, with some, well, boys if they're drinking tea too. And someone offers you a slice of cake and you're like, okay, yummy. This is great. This is cheesecake, my fave, my favorite. And then they're they're like, oh, do you want another slice? You might say, you know what? I'm pretty stuffed. I'm full. I've had enough cheesecake. So, I'll pass. Or you could say, I'll pass 
on the next piece piece of uh, cheesecake. I'll pass on that piece of cheesecake. I'm just going to pass, right? Uh, Give it to someone else. Offer it to someone else. Go pass me. Pass it on to somebody else. I'll pass. You can pass me. You don't have to give me that piece of cheesecake. So, hopefully, there you go. You understand the little phrase there. It's, It's a cool little phrase to use, you know, to say you'll pass on something or just you'll pass when someone offers you something, but you're like, politely, you want to say, nah, no, thank you. Right. Okay. Give the bird a kick, a slap, make the kookaburra cry out. And let's get into today's joke. So, today's joke is, why was the builder so short? Hmm. Why was the builder so short? Because he'd been contracting for a long time. You get it? Because he'd been contracting for a long time. It's interesting, isn't it? I noticed my emphasis there. So, it depends on how I would emphasize that word, where I would put the stress. He's been contracting for a long time. He's been contracting for a long time. So, the difference there would be contract and contract. So, if you contract with the schwa there at the start of the word contract, C-O-N-T-R-A-C-T, this means to decrease in size, in number, in range, in extent, right? To get smaller, effectively, to contract. The universe isn't contracting, it's expanding. Whereas, if you contract someone to do something, or if you are contracting, this would be the idea that you are arranging for work to be done uh, by another organization, right? Another organization might be paying you on a contract to do a certain amount of work. So, you could say, he does a lot of contracting work. It would sound weird if you were to say, he does a lot of contracting work. (laughs) It'd be like, what do you mean? He just shrinks all the time? (laughs) So, hopefully, you get the joke, guys. Why was the builder so short? Because he had been contracting for a long time. All right. So, anyway, let's get into today's expression, which is to sell yourself short. I wonder if you see how that ties in with the the joke. To sell yourself short. Have you ever sold yourself short? Do you know this expression? So, before we get into it, let's go through the words in the expression. Sell, to sell something. This is to give or hand over something in exchange for money, right? So, if I go to a shop and I want to buy a musical instrument, I bring the money and they have the instrument there. I pick the instrument and then give them the money. They've sold me the instrument. They sell instruments. Yourself. Yourself is used to refer to the person being addressed as the object of a verb or preposition. (laughs) Such a boring definition. When they are also the subject of the clause. Gosh, Pete. (laughs) Yourself. So, you could do something to yourself, right? He did something to himself. It's kind of that reflexive pronoun, right? We use it with verbs when we're showing that we're doing the verb to ourselves or you are doing the verb to yourself. He washed himself. You washed yourself. I wash myself. I'm sure you guys will know how to use yourself. Short. Measuring a small distance from end to end. So, the distance from my house to the neighbor's house is quite short. It's not very long. It's a couple of meters, right? Maybe three meters. It's a short distance. But here, to sell yourself short, short here means to sell stocks or other securities or commodities in advance of acquiring them with the aim of making a profit when the price falls, to short something. So, you'll often hear this in investment terms, okay, to short something. The rule prevents sellers from shorting a stock unless the last trade resulted in a price increase, okay, to short a stock, to short something. 
Okay, so to sell yourself short, if you sell yourself short, the idea here is that you belittle yourself in judgment, right? You underestimate yourself and your abilities. You fail to see the good qualities of someone or something. You undervalue that thing. You don't give that person or that thing enough credit when they deserve it, okay? To sell yourself short. And it's usually that reflexive thing of you do it to yourself. You're not going to sell someone else short, really. You, you sell yourself short, I sell myself short, he sells himself short, etc. So, when I went to try and work out where this uh, expression had come from, the origin of it, I went to the website rollsoffthetongue.com, okay? So, you can check it out here. And here's what they said. Origin, 14th century British English, the expression originally meant betting or forecasting that the price of something will go down. In stock or other markets, most people speculate that if they buy something, it will increase in value. This is called selling long, but you can also speculate that something will decrease in value. This is called selling short. So, we sort of covered that earlier on when talking about the definitions of short. So, you borrow stock for a specific amount of time. At the end of the time, you have to return it. The idea is to sell it at the same price in hopes that the price will go down by the time you have to return the stock and you get to keep the difference. So, that's how you make money there. Essentially, it's selling something you don't really own. This is a common practice in the commodities markets where predicting price fluctuation often depends on seasonal weather changes and predictable supply and demand. Going long and short, are old financial terms going back to the Middle Ages. So, that, there you go, guys. I didn't realise how long we'd been using those kinds of financial terms. It's not clear when selling oneself short came into metaphoric usage, but most likely it was in the 19th century, possibly in the US. So, there you go. That's pretty cool. So, let's go through some examples of how I would use the expression to sell yourself short. Have you guys ever sold yourselves short? Okay. Example number one. You're at high school and it's lunchtime. So, you're out in the yard hanging out with your mates and they're all like, let's play a game of footy, right? We want to play some rugby or some AFL. We want to play footy. So, there's about 20 of you. You get onto the oval and you line up and it's time to decide who's on what team, right? You've got to separate into two teams of 10. You're unsure of whether or not you're good enough to play the game. You don't think anyone's going to pick you. So, maybe you say, look, guys, I'll pass, right? See how I tied that back in? You guys can pass on me. I'm going to pass on this game. I don't think I'm good enough to play. Your mates might say, mate, what are you smoking? What are you talking about? You're an amazing footy player. Don't sell yourself short. You should be on my team. You shouldn't underestimate your abilities. You shouldn't be hard on yourself. You shouldn't belittle yourself. You're an amazing player. Don't sell yourself short. Example number two. At work, perhaps your manager or boss calls you into the office for a chat. And perhaps initially you're worried that, you know, you might be in some trouble. Maybe you think, oh gosh, what have I done? I'm going to get fired. There's some sort of issue. But you realize after the door shuts that your boss or manager is pretty excited, right? They seem pretty happy, which is not what you would expect if you were about to get fired. And they open their mouths and it turns out you're going to get a promotion or maybe you're going to get a pay rise, which is, you know, great news. However, the problem is you don't have a lot of confidence in yourself, right? You don't think you have the abilities to justify this pay rise or promotion, and maybe you say that you can't accept it. You know, I've, I've got a pass on this offer. See what I did? I've got a pass. You know, sorry, I don't think I'm worth it. You know, find someone else for the job. And your boss may be like, mate, 
don't sell yourself short. Why are you selling yourself short? You've got some great skills, great abilities. This promotion is going to be great for you. You're going to make a bit of extra money as well. And you're going to have, you know, more, more work that you can challenge yourself with. Don't sell yourself short. You got this. Example number three, maybe you're a man or woman who's been dating people for a long time, but you've somehow always been single at the end of the day, right? You haven't been able to find the right person. Your friends, though, they all know you're an amazing catch. You're an amazing person. You would be an amazing girlfriend or boyfriend when and if you find the right partner. The problem is, in their opinions, you lack confidence. You don't think you're amazing. You don't think you're going to make anyone happy. You belittle yourself and you just scream lack of confidence. Someone who's unconfident. And that's the one thing they wish you would change. Just build your confidence a little bit. You shouldn't sell yourself short. You'd be an amazing partner. We know you're amazing. So, don't sell yourself short. Be sure to remember how awesome you are next time you're on a date. Let it out. You know, let the other person sort of see the awesome thing that is you. And uh, hopefully, you'll end up with a boyfriend or girlfriend in no time. So, there you go, guys. That is the expression to sell yourself short. If you sell yourself short, this is where you are belittling yourself in judgment. You're underestimating your abilities or skills. You are undervaluing yourself. You are selling yourself short. So, as always, guys, let's go through a little pronunciation exercise. This is a listen and repeat exercise. You can say these words and phrases out loud after me to work on your pronunciation, your connected speech, your cadence and rhythm, everything like that. Okay, so you're ready to go? Let's do it. Two, to sell. To sell yourself. To sell yourself short. 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 I don't want to sell myself short. You don't want to sell yourself short. He doesn't want to sell himself short. She doesn't want to sell herself short. We don't want to sell ourselves short. They don't want to sell themselves short. It doesn't want to sell itself short. Great work, guys. Man, there's some interesting connected speech going on there. I was sort of paying attention to it whilst I was saying these phrases, man. All right, let's let's get into it. So, I wonder if you hear what happens to the L sound when I say the word sell, right? So, I'm pronouncing the light L at the end of the word sell. But when I say it and there is a Y sound, this is, a, I guess, a semi-consonant or semi-vowel that's coming after the L, you'll hear sometimes the dark L being used to sell yourself. So, instead of saying sell yourself, 
I'm sort of rounding my lips. I'm bringing them in to make a little sort of O symbol shape with my lips and saying ooh instead of ul, if that makes sense, to sell, to sell yourself, to sell yourself. And I do it really quickly, to sell yourself. And you'll notice also I do it in the word yourself instead of yourself, right? Because it's it's harder to say ulf, right? An L and then an F sound. It's much easier to just use the dark L with the F after it, with a consonant that comes after it or a semi-vowel or consonant as well. To sell yourself. To sell yourself. So, you're going to notice this all the time in quickly spoken English. This is something that pretty much I think all Australians would do. There's probably a lot of Brits that do it and Americans too. There may be the odd accent here and there or dialect where they do or don't where they don't use the dark L in the same places or the same way that we do. But by and large, I think this is something you're going to notice when people speak really quickly. Now, when we were going through the phrases, I don't want to sell myself short. You don't want to sell yourself short. And then we got to, he doesn't want to sell himself short. She doesn't want to sell herself short. What do you notice happening to the L sound at the end of the word sell? He doesn't want to sell himself. She doesn't want to sell herself. So, now because we're using H deletion, we're not saying the H at the start of the words himself and herself. We're saying himself, herself. We're linking with the L at the end of the word sell. And to do that, we can't do it with a dark L. Otherwise, it'll sound like a weird W sound. Sell himself. It just, it's weird. So, you use the light L. Sell himself. He doesn't want to sell himself short. He doesn't want to sell himself short. Sell himself. She doesn't want to sell herself short. Sell herself. Sell herself short. And then beyond that, you'll notice this also happening with we don't want to sell ourselves short and it doesn't want to sell itself short. And that's because ourselves and itself start with a vowel sound. Sell ourselves, sell itself. But the other interesting thing was how we're saying don't wanna, doesn't wanna. How those are getting contracted. So, listen to these phrases again. I'll try and say them as naturally as I would when speaking quickly. I don't want to sell myself short. I don't want to. In fact, I can track that even more than I think I was saying when I was reading these phrases out. I don't want to. I don't want to sell myself short. I don't want to sell myself short. Don't want to. Don't want to. He doesn't want to sell himself short. He doesn't want to. Doesn't want to. He doesn't want to sell himself short. She doesn't want to sell herself short. Doesn't want to. So, we do this quite often with auxiliary verbs. So, don't in this case and doesn't, as well as the verbs like want with the preposition to that comes after it. Wanna instead of want to. So, instead of saying, I don't want to sell myself short, I can track that all the way down to, I don't want to sell myself short. He does not want to to sell himself short. He doesn't want to sell himself short. So, there you go, guys. We did quite a bit there today in connected speech and contractions and linking. Remember, if you want to level up your pronunciation, especially your Australian English pronunciation, check out my Australian pronunciation course. Just go to aussieenglish.com.au forward slash APC100. If you put in the number 100 after APC, so the letters APC and then the numbers 100, you will get $100 off the Australian pronunciation course. Okay, so that's my way of giving you a a 33% discount and saying thank you. 
and your way of saving a bit of a buck, but also being able to work on your Australian accent. So, go check it out at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash APC100. All right, finishing up today, I have a little clip here for this uh, listening comprehension exercise, which comes from the TV show called Glitch. I wonder if you've seen the TV show Glitch. It's an Aussie show. The excerpt is a police officer in a small country town finds his life turned upside down when six recently deceased residents return from the dead in perfect health. That'd freak you out. Right. If all of a sudden there were six people that you thought were dead, but they're in perfect health, that had just come back into your town and they're like, G'day, Pete, how's it going? And you're like, you died 20 years ago. What are you doing, Bob? Anyway, the name of the game is to listen to the clip that I'll play for you two times and try and write down what you hear being said. Okay. And remember, you can check your answer in today's transcript if you are a premium podcast member. You can sign up for that at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. Otherwise, you can download today's free worksheet on the website and it has the answer at the bottom of the worksheet. It also has a link to watch the trailer for the show Glitch and you'll also have space to write out what you hear being said. So, are you ready to go? Here's the first playthrough. I was wondering when you'd end up here. Man, a Charlie Thompson helped pay for this place. Really? Wow. If he founded this place, that would explain why his medals are here. They are. Good job. So, how'd you go? I know it was a bit of a long one. And I should tell you, the name is Charlie Thompson. Sometimes names are sort of difficult when learning a foreign language. But the name that is mentioned here is Charlie Thompson. Okay. Ready for the second playthrough? Let's do it. I was wondering when you'd end up here. Man, Charlie Thompson helped pay for this place. Really? Wow. If he founded this place, that would explain why his medals are here. They are. All right. Great work, guys. That's it from me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next time. Toot. Toot.